The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The opinions expressed here reflect the judgment of the host and are subject to change. The material has been prepared and can be distributed for information purposes and is not a solicitation or an offer to buy any security or instrument or to participate in any trading strategy. Additional information is available upon request. Please contact Jason Steele at info at westonbanks.com. Welcome to Media and Your Money with host Jason Steele. Our program will help you make the most of your investment plans, whether it's for your future, your child's future, or short and long-term financial planning. Now, here is your host, Jason Steele. Good morning. If you're just waking up San Francisco, get your coffee, get in the car, get to your 40-minute commute and all that traffic, and listen to what we're going to talk about now. Uh, we are basically going to go over what uh, what has been uh, a, a great program for Western Banks Wealth Partners. It's the Western Banks IRA Enhancer UMA Strategy. Uh, if you have concerns about uh, declining values in the U.S. market this year or declining values in your for- portfolio the next two years, worried about uh, buy and hold, worried about when do you get out, when do you not get out, uh, when do you stay in, um, uh, when, what happens if there's a negative uh, connotation in the U.S. that pulls your portfolio down, should I get out? We, we have the answer. And so for the next 20, 25 minutes, we're going to go over the Weston Banks IRA Enhancer Strategy, a strategy that will raise cash in times of market stress and allow you to participate in all bull markets uh, during times of, 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 of euphoria and things are doing well. So let's talk about this. Media and your money. Our job here now is to kind of give you the access and tell you why we're able to succeed in, in managing money because we, we believe that uh, buy and hold is dead. We believe there's more access to information out there and, and even shows like this, news, CNBC, iPads, iPhones, droids, whatever you have, will, will touch your emotions faster than, uh, 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 than just regular fundamental analysis of stocks. So I think the new normal is why buy and hold is dead. So I'm going to take the next few minutes, and I'm going to go over a historical view of the market, what hasn't changed, uh, what has, an emotion strategy versus a, uh, a regular uh, dedicated uh, tactical strategy. Uh, we believe that emotions trigger volatility. Um, and, and in this agenda, we'll finish up with our strategic solution, which is the Western Bank's IRA Enhancer UMA. So let's talk, start with this historical view of the market. And I'd like to take you back to the volatile period in the 1970s. So during the period recovery from 1974 to 1979, there were four market downturns that were of 10% or more. Now, market downturns are based on a decline of about 10% or more in the S&P 500's value, excluding dividends or distributions, with 50% minimum recovery after each decline. So when you basically uh, 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 look at how the market would work, 
The U.S. pulled out of Vietnam in 1973, but the once seemingly indomitable, what was called the Nifty 50, 50 stocks in 73, suddenly plunged, triggering a 48% decline in 1973. And the era ended with the Iran hostage crisis and the Three Mile Island nuclear accident in 1979. Now let's consider a different perspective. Was it all bad news during this period from 73 to 79 to 80? Well, it was also a time of innovation and entrepreneurship. Not too many people took notice when two small startups named Microsoft and Apple began operations in 1975 and 1976, respectively. But today, they are and still are two of the largest companies in the world. Now, while this may, may not be remembered as an extraordinary difficult time, it was also a time of opportunity. Now, I want you to think out there, listeners. Can you guess what the average annual total return was for this period? Well, it was 17.39% from 1970 to 1980. Not a bad outcome at all but only for those who had stayed invested through the entire period, investors found the courage and conviction to stay the course were rewarded with attractive results. Now, great case for buy and hold, right? So was it really different back then? Well, I believe it was. A buy and hold strategy, it did work. What did we have then that we don't have now? A lot of people kind of tell me, Jason, it's different this time. So let's take a look at some following headlines. Now, the first headline I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you is uh, pulled up in uh, December 3rd, 1975. Skittishness is mounting among investors. Some advisors urge boost in cash profits or cash positions. Now, I've seen those headlines in 2013, as well as in 2008. Here's another headline. This is December 15, 1975, by the Wall Street Journal. Market scene headed lower due to economic confusion. And the last one by Business Week, 1979, the death of equities. Now, while the past is no guarantee of future results, those investors who read those headlines were rewarded for their perseverance in, in those areas. So what hasn't changed? Because those same headlines are the same headlines we have today. The market still functions on supply and demand. When the market goes up, there are just more buyers and sellers. And you've heard me talk on the radio for the last eight weeks that all the market is supply and demand. You can have the best idea in the world with flushed with cash. But if nobody is buying it, it will not go up. It takes media. It takes research reports. It takes conviction of lots of companies that are picking up that stock and allowing you to buy it, which then causes demand for it. Now, when the market goes down, there are more volume sellers than buyers. So the stock market works the same way as it did 50 years ago. It's one of the basic fundamental truths of supply and demand that we keep putting work. 
As we just described and looking back in the 1970s, the markets of today also have the same economic, both U.S. and global challenges as we've had in the past decades. And lastly, the human behavior that we see every day, which is greed and fear, it still exists as it did throughout our past generations with our grandparents and our grand-grandparents, these three areas haven't changed. The supply and demand model, economic global concerns, and human behavior. And I would say human behavior is worse more today than it was back then. But is it really different this time? How many times have you heard that from your friends and colleagues from the financial news shows, well, it certainly feels different this time. You know, I've had the phone calls, what do I do? The market's at the top, 16900 should I raise some cash? Well, between the market crash of 2009, the recessions, the, the housing crisis that we went through, and, and, and persistently high unemployment, it's understandable that many investors feel that we are living in a time of great uncertainty. In fact, this may be the most difficult investment period many of us have faced in our lifetime because we don't know what to predict for the future, and we've just gotten back some of our gains. Well, in fact, this may be the most difficult period of us. And and I think as you kind of go forward, all you're trying to do is look and listen for opportunities to get out so you don't lose those, those, those gains. But let's talk about it. What is different now? Well, one is the rate at which we receive information. And two, the number of available products in which to invest in. <clears throat> so there used to be this guy I used to walk, watch when I was a kid. His name was Walter Cronkite. And he would come on the CBS Evening News, and he would tell us in the first 30 seconds what Ford, what 3M, what international paper, what Kellogg had done. And that was the only information you received. There wasn't any seconds of the day you can put your iPhone up and hear something. So let's go a little deeper. This instantaneous information, the access to information and technology age, it's the instantaneous information via our advance in technology from iPhones, iPads, the cloud, these sources that we keep having today, the media, Voice America, uh, Cirrus Radio, XM. It is all over the place, the access to information. So as, as we increase this access to information through the media technology, it gives consumers an advantage to touch on that fear and that greed. But it hasn't given the professional money managers any advantage as it did in the 70s and 80s because the information is made available to everyone in real time. I can't get any information faster than you can as a stockbroker here at Western Bank's Wealth Partners. <clears throat> now, managing the emotions, excuse me for one second, managing emotions will always be a part of the art of good money management. And that is really what managing money is for most people in the world. Managing emotions. 
<coughs> now, let's discuss the past 20 years of market patterns and determine what problems could arise. But I'm going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look at these market patterns. And we're going to basically talk about uh, the recent market conditions of the past 10 years. We'll talk about CNBC and how they've affected some market growth. And then we're going to talk about a strategic solution in the IRA Enhancer. So join us back in about three minutes. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Media and Your Money with Jason Steele. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to jason.steele at westonbanks.com. That's jason.steele at westonbanks.com. Now, back to media and your money. Welcome back. If you're just listening, we're talking about the access to information, the volatility, and the, uh, the patterns that have caused the markets to rise and fall for the last you know, 20 years. And we're now getting ready to move into the section of the show which talks about the past 20 years and why things have changed. Um, let's discuss this past 20-year market patterns. 
Uh, how have the recent market conditions today, the last 10 years, affected your current portfolio? Well, I'm going to take you through the rise of the media mogul CNBC over the past two decades. And you can judge for yourself if access to real-time streaming media has become a problem that enhances market volatility. See, in 1989, CNBC was born when the S&P 500 was still at like 310. And the Dow was uh, right around 3,000. Since 1978 to 1990, it had experienced one down year of negative 4% in 1981. Now, in CNBC, the second year, they infiltrated about 17 million homes. The, the last slide we'll show you in 1999, or the last slide that I'll talk about, uh, is that thousands of companies from the dot-com bubble had failed um, in through this. So what I'm going to do is, uh, is walk you through this, this market pattern. Um, the first one is really 17 million homes were there. Uh, uh, in 1994, when I kind of got in the business, we had what was called CNBC Power Lunch. And so uh, it, was an, it was an hour. Uh, you come home, you can be on the radio, you listen for one hour about what's going on with the market. It wasn't all day from 6.30 to 5. Now, in 1995, they went live market hours, and the commercialization of the Internet was created. In 1996... CNBC uh, launched the European and the Asian versions of CNBC. In 1997, Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal signed a content-sharing arrangement. So think about that. The Wall Street Journal, the Dow Jones, anything gets put out there, they're sharing their content back and forth and giving access to CNBC and they're announcing on the TV. And then in 1999, thousands of companies from the dot-com bubble failed, as we just mentioned. Um, because it really wasn't really earn, real earnings. Everybody's reporting on these great things. I had housewives that were uh, sitting at, uh, at home buying a, a Red Hat you know, with, with no earnings. Um, but Red Hat finally actually did make it and succeeded, but there was many that, that went under as well. Um, so let's kind of go back to... Uh, 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 actually, let's look at this. Can anyone guess on the radio, our listeners what the average total return was for the S&P 500 from 1995 to 2000. That's a five-year period. It's pretty much a staggering statistic. Well, from February of 2000, the market peaked, okay? And in that month, $18.4 billion went into equity mutual funds. Now, nobody wanted to be left out of the game of making money. But from 1995 to that 2000, the S&P 500's average total return was about 28.54%. Now, after all this money going at the top of the market into these equity mutual funds, the next few months, the dot-com started going bust. And a year later, our nation televised the attacks on 9-11 and the Enron scandal, which eventually led to this dissolution of Arthur Anderson, one of the largest uh, audit and accounting partnerships in the world. Now, in addition to being the largest bankruptcy and re- reorganization in American history at that time, 63.4 billion shareholders lost 11 billion in a 60-day period. Now, the following year, WorldCom, remember them? WorldCom, they filed for Chapter 11, becoming the largest case at all time. Now, investors sold out of the major corporations, roaring about the next scandal. Now, while the Senate worked on the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which gave basically some better record-keeping. Uh, in 2002, it basically gave a, a very complex re- regulatory environment into the U.S. financial market. But because of Sarbanes-Oxley, we ended up getting a rebound uh, 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 beginning in the U.S. stock market. Because they bought them in October of 2002, 
with a with a, with the Pimco Total Return Bond Fund. Think about this. Uh, becoming the nation's largest fund of 18 months of fear. Remember, people get out, they buy the absolute opposite. So at the bottom of the market, after a after a already 40% correction in 2002, people were still buying bonds. And it became the third time in history that the U.S. market had a back-to-back negative year. It did not turn, and the U.S. reeled off. It did turn, and the U.S. US reeled off five straight positive Years and by 2007, CNBC had, had captured audiences with Mad Money and Jim Cramer, and there were about 390 million homes. Now, remember, I talked to opened up that there were 17 million homes in, in 1994. Um, but our country's scandals and greed began to unfold again, as we saw in 2008. So, from 1999 to 2009, the S&P experienced four down years, all over 10 percent. During the year, with the worst being a negative 37% in 2008, as we saw with the mortgage-backed crisis. It was the second 10-year period where the S&P 500 had fallen down uh, uh, four, uh, four down years, 19, meaning in that 10-year period, the S&P 500 had four down years, 2001, 2002, uh, 2008, 1969, 1978. There were only two of the four were down more than 10%. Now, the 69 to 79 time frame, 1969 to 79, is so much like what we just went through and experienced today. Okay, we're back at a new high again. However, the buy and hold through this market cycle with monthly dividends and, and being invested through October 1st, the average total return of the S&P 500 was a measly 2.84%. So we go back to look at the, the 10 years of 17 from 70 to 80, <laughs> to our 10 years from uh, uh, 1995, uh, 2005 to, to now, uh, we're still averaging only 2.84%. And I mentioned last week that we were better off to be in a money market than you were to be in the stock market. Um, so let's kind of move on to the, to the uh, uh, headline news of what you see today you know, uh, from CNBC. A couple of articles in 2008 said CNBC feels your pain and your anxiety and your greed and your outrage and your optimism. And by tapping into your emotions about the market, they can, the channel's cashing in. The typical CNBC viewer at that point had about 2.7 million with an average income of $156,000. Um, there's a lady named Susan, I think her name was Krakauer. She was strategic programming and development. And she was quoted in 2008 saying the market has a pulse and an emotion you see it move. She says it's real. It still is the way today. So uh, when we go back and look at this volatility, there's a thing called the VIX, which is the volatility index, and it measures this implied volatility in the prices of, of a basket of put and call options for the S&P 500 index. And this VIX is used as a tool to measure investor risk. And as a, a high reading on the VIX marks periods of higher stock market volatility. Uh, 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 the high volatility also aligns with stock market bottoms. Low readings on the VIX mark periods of lower volatility, and the periods of low volatility may last several years and, and, and are not as good for identifying market tops. The VIX is intended to be a forward-looking, measuring the market's expected volatility over the next 30 days. And, and what I want you to understand is uh, we always kind of talk about what the VIX is going to be. Uh, when we go back to 1998, you know, online trading 
was introduced uh, two years later in March 2000. The stock market had just finished one of the best five years of annualized performance we just mentioned in stock market history. And investors were so enthusiastic that they were paying more than 50 times 10-year or normalized earnings to own broad market indices like the S&P 500. Everybody was getting rich investing in dot-coms again from t- 15 years ago, 12 years ago, and watching CNBC. But in fact, I mean, it was, it's a different story we ever keep talking about. By 2005, 2006, we were talking about the VIX. Uh, the, the CNBC was extending uh, the viewing hours, and we, we moved on to, to, to have the tagline, to, to, uh, to have many taglines in the market. So what I want to do is I want to bring you into our product because um, what's changed is that there was a lot of product overload. Uh, uh, from 1982 to today, I mean, Sun Life at Canada in 1975 was one of the biggest players out there. Uh, in 1978, there were about 413 mutual funds. Today, there's over 22,000. And there's a big uh, a company named Vanguard, and one of the CEOs, John Vogel. He's quoted out there uh, talking about that, that uh, there's too many choices today for people to make. Now, unfortunately, we're going to come out with another choice. So our solution to all this uh, 22,000 mutual funds, to all this fear and greed, to all the market pulses, to CNBC, to the media, to, to uh, listening and having information, to access to information, is basically the Western Mix Tactical Growth IRA Enhancer. So if you're tuning in right now, we are going to spend the next 10 minutes going over the IRA Enhancer strategy. Because when it comes to your retirement, having the speed to come in and out of volatile markets is what will separate the winners from the losers. New challenges have risen, as we talked about, with the rise of technology and consistent access to information. And with so many investment choices constrained by the buy and hold philosophy, you know, how do you get a disciplined approach? Well, you come out of the market. So when I talk about constrained from the buy and hold philosophy, I want to talk about a mutual fund real quickly. A regular mutual fund listeners, if you've got Fidelity, American funds, T. Rowe Price, during times of market stress, like we saw in 2008, those mutual funds are dictated by prospectus. They cannot come out of the market. They have to stay invested in their, in their asset class, whether it's large cap value, whether it's small cap value. They stay invested, and which is why they captured you know, 90% of the declines in 2008, if not more. A tactical manager will be able to come out of the market. So we've invented this IRA enhancer strategy uh, to be able to capitalize on that. And what we've done is we've added uh, two programs, actually. One's called the WB IRA, and one's called the IRA uh, Enhancer UMA. The UMA is for accounts that are $200,000 and above that we actually give your money to these four different managers we're going to go over in a few minutes. The IRA, the WB IRA, is for $200,000 and less, um, where managers won't take it, and we piggyback off their ideas and put our own portfolios together. The investment process allows our clients that we put money into the IRA enhancer to raise cash during euphoria so that you can participate during market inefficiencies and limit downside losses. They're designed to deliver 100% significant protection against market downside and excess volatility while giving you upside results. With this downside protection is the ultimate goal of the, of the IRA enhancer. The portfolio managers of Athena, Dorsey Wright, Good Harbor, uh, and F squared all go to 100% cash when equity risk is rising. Now, the unique approach to them is that we use very quality money managers, these guys I just mentioned. 
And the program allows us to be able to shift between these managers within your IRA every uh, month. So the committee of myself and a couple other folks get together and we decide from where the common denominator from listening to media, CNBC, the radio, where are all the big players pushing their money? And because we're an IRA, we don't pay tax going between the sectors. So we're right now heavily invested in Europe, and we use a symbol FEP. If you're watching CNBC every morning, you won't believe the advertising going on by the iShares to push the product. Well, think about that. They're pushing the product on TV. They're pushing the product to their wholesalers. They're pushing the product out there to the, to the firms. The firms are pushing it back. They've created the supply uh, for the demand for that stock, okay? And so you have to understand how that works. So this product that we have, this IRA enhancer strategy, pursues active asset allocation in promising sectors on a timely basis while seeking an emphasis on preserving your capital during severe and extended market declines. It has the ability to, again, to adjust the allocation from fully invested to fully protected with the use of T-bills and other cash alternatives. So let's talk about one of our managers in there. One of our managers is Athena, Athena Invest. Uh, this portfolio utilizes patented behavior uh, and market indicators to gauge and select broad market exposure. Uh, they use ETFs among various equity markets, market capitalization or, 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 or cash each month. Uh, the portfolio invests in a long or a leveraged position within U.S. small cap or U.S. large cap or any even international equities when market indications are strong. In certain circumstances, the position may be leveraged up to twice the market to enhance returns, So, which means during declines, you're going to see them really leverage it up after declining years to make, to, 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 to make the, uh, up, uh, more of the market and more. And during the weak conditions, it goes to 100% cash. So in really more simple news, they make one chip bet at a time. They look for the best place to be in for one ETF at a time. Now, how that translate? Well, in 2013, Athena, one of our managers in our portfolio, did 53.7%. 2012, they did 15. 2011, they did 2.7. 2010, they did 22.2. 2009, they did 30.2. And 2008, where everybody understands that the U.S. S&P 500 fell 37%. They went out of the market and was down only half a percent. Um, F squared. Uh, one of our other managers, uh, you've all, if you can go back, if you're listening, listeners, you can go back and hear our interview with F-Squared. Um, the F-Squared Alpha Sector strategies were designed to participate in rising markets while also placing an emphasis on, on cash. They meet every week, every Friday, to decide to, uh, of the nine sectors of the S&P 500, uh, do they want to be in or do they want to be out? The model doesn't make market calls, it makes sector calls. So the sectors are traded using sort of like a binary model, and they're either in or out of those, port- those portfolio sectors. The model signals are evaluated weekly, as we talked about, with constituent changes made at that time. Um, three weeks ago, they're only in five of the nine sectors. Today, they're in seven of the nine sectors. And if you're listening, their return last year was 32.8% uh, in, in 2013, 15 in 2012, 2011, 1.7%. 2010, 17, 2009, 32, and they were also in cash in 2008. Um, so now, when you go back and you look at the next the, the the next program that we have, we we also have added Good Harbor. Now, Good Harbor, our third tactical manager in the portfolio, uh, is all U.S. Uh, U.S. tactical. 
Um, the miles along strategy, where it seeks to outperform the S&P 500 also, is restricted to a minimum percentage of stocks and bonds and may at times be fully invested in either class. They make a monthly call about where to be all in or all out. They basically have three types of calls. If they're all in, they're all in. They're all out, they're all out. If they're half in, they're half in with the equity side having some leverage to them. And so by combining that momentum measure they look at, this economic data and yield curve, uh, you can find uh, how, how the model seeks to assess those risk premiums. Now, we also, listeners, have a radio show that we've interviewed Good Harbor. Be excited to hear what their numbers are. Uh, they're around 17.9 for 10 years during this 10-year market cycle. Keep in mind, about five, 10 minutes ago, we mentioned about 2.24% was the total return in the last 10 years of just holding a buy and hold strategy to the S&P 500. There's a 17.9. 2013, they did 24. 2012, 5. 11, they did 12. Going back to 2008, they did 0.07. That's how much they lost versus a 37% decline of the S&P 500. 2009, they rebounded back with their leverage and did 47%. They basically didn't have any losses in 2002, 2001, they were in cash. They're one of our longest managers with the longest 10-year track record. Um, so I'm telling you, when it comes to your IRA, the ability to go to cash is huge and to play within the, within the market sectors. And you can go to westonbanks.com. You can go to the link on the right bottom side, which says IRA Enhancer, and you can download our investor's guide. And you will see all the managers and all the returns and all their programs, listeners. You can see everything they're doing and the returns that are, that, that are in there. The last uh, portfolio that we have is Dorsey Wright. And Dorsey Wright is more of our, our international market. They can go U.S. or international. And we use Dorsey Wright. We love their tactical uh, tilt model they've been put together. Uh, the, Dorsey Wright, they use kind of a relative strength analysis to rank major asset classes and allocate assets uh, within, within these boundaries. They'll tilt to the to the common denominator, um, which is why we love them so much. They're tilting towards North uh, Europe right now, which is give Europe's about 10, 12% for the year versus the U.S. market of four, um, especially Germany. Uh, the 2013 return, they were down 25. In 2008, they kind of went to cash, uh, but they didn't. They did lose money. They kind of had some losses, but they're not. They can't go all cash. They can go 80% cash. Um, and so that strategy allows us to get more global when we move the money around. Now, what my team does every month is we meet every month and we decide how much to give to Athena, how much to give to uh, Dorsey Wright, how much to give to Good Harbor, how much to give to F Squared, our focus for. Uh, currently, we're not in Good Harbor at all because of their uh, leverage they use when they're all in. And we went a, a new market high. We've taken the leverage out. So we're just currently in Dorsey Wright and we're currently in uh, uh, Athena and 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 uh, F squared, bringing our IR enhancer year to date somewhere uh, in excess of six point eight percent for the year already, where the U.S. market's at four point four. Um, the expenses uh, we roughly charge roughly fifty basis points from two to five hundred thousand dollars, thirty five basis points from five to seven fifty, uh, and twenty five basis points from seven fifty to a million, and then over a million we charge fifteen basis points. Um, our management fee, and then you have the management fees. Of the of the managers themselves, so when you put it all together, uh, the WB uh, Western Banks IRA Enhancer UMA uh, is a monthly fee, and they come out to roughly uh, uh, out of your portfolio about one point one five with manager fees and our expenses to run the portfolio, giving you access to upside but almost limited downside. Um, the WB IRA, which is the IRA I mentioned earlier, which is two hundred thousand dollars or less. 
um, is what we use to piggyback, and we'll kind of do the same things. We'll, we'll pick some of the best ideas of those. Uh, of those. And for $200,000 or less, we manage the money. We actually just piggyback, and the same fee is about 115 to 150 um, to, to get started. So my question out there for the listeners is, is if you don't have a strategic allocation plan where you don't want to be buying on the internet and you don't want to be buying with your broker a buy and hold strategy, if you've been listening about buy and hold and how it doesn't work with the access to media and the access to information, take a look at the WBIRA Enhancer. Look at the strategy. We're gaining notoriety. We're moving forward. Go to westonbanks.com. Uh, look at the bottom right-hand corner. You'll see the, the IRA Enhancer link and follow the, the link. Listen to the video. It's going to give you some enhancement. These are the four best money managers you've never heard of. If you work with any of the big firms like Merrill and Smith, they're not going to provide these guys because they sell against all their programs they want to do for asset allocation to make kickbacks. So my name is Jason Steele. We are going to be ending the show and uh, next week, hopefully, we can get one of our investment managers with Athena on here. So join us back or call us at 919-783-8500 or westonbanks.com. We thank you. Keep your head up. Have a great 4th of July. Spend time with the family. And remember why we are proud to be American. Thank you very much. <music> Thank you again for tuning in this week to Media and Your Money. Please join your host, Jason Steele, again next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk next week.